in the Pumped Up Airways. We have returning with us Mr. Bloody F. Mess or Derek Moody. What do you prefer? I go by Bloody. It's, Derek is a made up radio name, and well, Bloody's a made up name too from way back, though. So I go by that one. Okay. Well, thanks for coming back. There it is. Bloody F. Mess. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're glad to have you back. Buddy. Thanks for having me back, you guys. So uh, I know you just got finished doing your oh, new yeah. album, The Dark Days. Hey, uh, we've been playing on your. Oh, Dark Days and Confused, is that correct? Dark Days Unfazed. Oh, Unfazed. Wow. See, I'm confused. <laughs> you know, I have it sitting right in front of me, too. And I wrote it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of Led Zeppelin. Ah, uh, something. <laughs> uh, well, uh. Hey, so you put out an EP too, right? Yeah, man. Uh, Punk Media yeah. I just released the uh, Bloody F Mess Screaming the Blues six song EP, which is three live cuts and three studio cuts. And then uh, just released the brand new 13 song album as well, uh, Dark Days Unfaced. And uh, man, you've been working on it for a while. Been listening to it. Pardon me? Go ahead, Ken. I, we've been to, I've been listening to it, man. I gotta tell you, man, that's a hell of an album, man. That shit is. Uh, I like every fucking uh, song on that. Uh, so, uh, like the Zeller Dweller, that's a, that's one of my favorites, man. I like yeah. all the shit, all the shit. So you got a couple uh, um, of uh, covers on there. You want to tell Please. us about what it's like to work with uh, the guy with the Bay covers. City Rollers and shit? Uh well. I worked with Jordan Longmere. Uh, his father was the guy that started the Bay City Rollers. Alan Longmere was the guy that started the band back in, I think, 66 or some 1966, I believe. Um, but so Jordan has been wanting to do music his whole life. And I said, come to America. Let's do a collaboration, man. So he said, let's do Baby, Please Don't Go. I said, hell, that's the most covered blue song of all time. Let's fucking do it. So our good friend Dave Moe threw, threw down the guitar and the bass on that one. Uh, Alex Moore over in Austin, Texas, did the drums. Dave's in Illinois. Jordan's over in Scotland, and I'm in Oregon. But we made it happen, man. And um, we went down to L.A. to do the to vocals. And uh, Baby, Please Don't Go music video has been doing pretty good on YouTube. So how did the recording session in L.A. go then? Oh, man, it was magnificent. Uh, Paul Rossler, the legendary Paul Rossler, he's going to kill me for saying legendary, or <laughs> the genius Paul Rossler, another thing, the G word. He uh, was with, uh, of course, the Screamers, 45 Grave, the Nina Hagen Band, Twisted Roots. He, uh, he's done my last few albums, and uh, we went down there. We drove there, which was a crazy, crazy experience. Oh, and wow. uh, it went very smoothly. We knocked out all the vocals except for one in one day, like four hours. Um Richie Ramone dropped by the studio just to hang out and bless us and for a couple hours. That was a lot of fun seeing him. Um, but the, the session went really smooth and it was very cool. We did most of the vocals in one or two takes. Oh, awesome. So did you do it in a regular studio or? Yeah. Paul Rossler, uh, he runs the Kitten Robot Studio down there with Josie Cotton. She did the song, Johnny, are you queer? Well, <laughs> nice. they own badass. Yeah, studio. I love that song, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they um, uh, Paul's a famous keyboard player, but also one of the best producers on earth. He's been running that studio for God, man, a long time. So we do our most of my records there. It's a, it's like a very professional yet retains that underground sort of old school keep it real vibe, you know. Okay. Nice, nice. So, so you did uh, Wax Fruit too, with uh, West Beach and uh, T.C. Tolliver, man. That's fucking fat. This is the song you were talking about in the original interview, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for bringing that up. West Beach uh, and T.C. Tolliver, yes. Uh, the Plasmatics are one of my biggest influences and in, uh, bands that I love the most ever. And Wendy O. Williams is one of my biggest vocal influences for sure. But we worked together back in 2003, West Beach and I, on the Rock and Roll Scallywag video and song. Well, uh, Wes did not get to play on that. He just wrote that, right? So this time he actually went in his studio. He laid down the guitar and the bass tracks, sent it over to T.C. Tolliver in New Jersey, who, sent, who laid down the drums, 
sent it to me. I did the vocals, and we got Wax Fruit. Yeah, right. If, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the song that he put out for uh, the Plasmatics, and they didn't. They didn't, it just never got uh, done by them. Well, you know right? what? That was rock and rock roll, roll scallywag. Yes. Yeah, rock and roll scallywag is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that is a story yep. that I think I only told you guys because I always forget about that. But that was an actual plasmatic song that just got and didn't get used. So Wes brought it to the table for the album and it just got scrapped years later, 2003, uh, when we collaborated basically with Dave Glover of the Veins, who's a legend. He, uh, Dave played all the music, but Wes sends, sends this tape over and Dave translates it. And I couldn't tell the difference when I played the tape versus Dave Glover's trans translation. It was just like fucking the best song. And if you listen to Rock and Roll Scallywag on YouTube, not even with, with vocals, just listen to that guitar. That man is like amazing. And so is West Beach, man. They're just like fantastic players, man. Hey, hey so if you don't want mine, I want to talk about that EP there. Because this is the, because uh, I, I heard the, uh, the hungover in stone where you said this is the way it's supposed to sound, you know. Wow. We're in like a honky tonk, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think it's brilliant, man. I, do, I love it when uh, people can go outside the box and, and you know, you like the punk rock guy, you know, but you, you can do other shit too, like a psychedelic song or something, you know what I mean? If you want, you know. So that Hungover and great, Stone, man. you're talking about the Transfusions version of Hungover and Stone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The honky tonk, yeah. Yeah, uh, the bottles breaking. <laughs> Yeah, no disrespect to intended to the other guys from the scabs and in, in the original version, but the, you know the the updated version with Dave Moe on guitar, who's also on half my new album, uh, is just hung, that is the version of Hungover in Stone that I put my stamp of approval on. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's a great version too, though. I checked that out. You know, that was fucking good. Well, we played that a couple times. Thank you. At least two. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Michael Monroe, man, did you ever meet him? <laughs> no, I'm trying, man. <laughs> I'm, ho I'm hoping that this song, it's my attempt for Michael to reach out so I can either, you know, interview him on my radio show or just say hello or do a collaboration, maybe. Have you sent him a copy of the song? Oh, yeah. You know, I've sent it to friends of his and like he just did the Lords of the New Church reunion and Stiv Bader's obviously is dead. Stiv Bader died. So, mm -hmm. Michael was Stiv Bader's roommate. Um, and he was a singer of Lords of the New Church. So Michael Monroe filled in over in oh. England recently, and they did it's on YouTube even. Amazing, amazing stuff, man. So oh there's the God. original Lords of the New Church with Michael Monroe. Oh, and they're wow. doing these great cuts. Nice. And he's wearing Stiv's vest with the big uh, dagger on the back. It says, you know, Lords of the New Church. It's just the vibe made the hairs on my arms stand up when I watched it, man. So I sent it over to the bass player to the Lords of the New Church who lives in Finland where Michael lives and said, please get this, please forward this to Michael on his, on your cell phone, please. Right. And so oh, I'm pretty 99% sure that he's got it. Oh, cool. You know, I've heard a lot of songs about other like legendary rock and rollers and stuff. That's the first time I've heard something with Michael Monroe. Yeah. I think it's well over, overdue. Yeah. He's like, he says himself, he is the most underrated, uh, or would it, no, the best kept secret in rock and roll goes by the name of Michael Monroe. And it's true because Hanoi rocks. Those guys were always written off as, Oh, some hair metal band or, you know, blah, blah, blah. The truth is, man, a lot of people are just now discovering Hanoi rocks, which is never too late. It's never too late, man. Uh, there's lots of bands I've missed that I'm starting to discover, but Hanoi is one of those bands like in 83, I was watching Sam Hain with Glenn Danzig at a little club in Chicago and I'm standing next to like Razzle and like Michael Monroe and they're we're all right there because they're playing upstairs after Sam Hain, Hanoi Rocks. But at the time we were so jaded and just so like, I was like talking to Danzig on the phone and trading animal skulls with him and weird shit like that. And they were like, yeah, anyone that has tickets for Sam Hain can go see Hanoi Rocks upstairs for free after the show. Can you believe we were so stupid? We're like, yeah, we're just going to go go to the bar and get drunk. <laughs> so we didn't go to the show. Oh, wow. But we watched Sam Hain. Oh, Hayden. no. I know. Oh, and man. All these years later, I'm like, I, I was brushed up against the man from the get-go. I loved the records. But I didn't really, until the last five, ten years, realize – how really vastly underrated Hanoi Rocks and Michael Monroe are. And then about five, three, four, five years ago, my friend Karen and I became obsessed with Michael and we started collecting his solo records, right? 
dude, I almost went bankrupt. The dude's got like 30 solo records. And oh, we've wow. got, all, I think maybe except for two or three. But Michael is the best. And he's like up there with Iggy, Jim Morrison, Stiv Vader. You know, he's just a very awesome front man that uh, one of the only ones from Finland. There's a few others, but from Finland that I love. But Michael is the one that to me deserves to have the, the, the tribute song. So that's what we did. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. No, I've, I've been a fan, I think, uh, when Guns N' Roses pointed them out, you know, and that's where that's, you know, I saw the relation to that. Like, you know, I just liked rock and roll my whole life, you know, any kind of rock and roll, really. And uh, so, you know, I, I was, uh, I'd say about high school is when I fucking got into Hanoi Rocks. So I, I could say that. <laughs> you know what, man? So many people get caught up on uh, these labels and stuff like that. And it's just, just like, uh, it's we all started out with rock and roll and then we found our favorite genre. Like some people go to like punk, some go to metal, some go to blues rock, some run to like, you know, soft, like jazzy kind of rock, some run to, you know, country rock. But we picked what punk and metal, but rock and roll is our foundation. Mm -hmm. So when yeah. I did when I did my new record, I thought, you know, I'm gonna go back to my roots and not be afraid to do some straight up rock and roll, which I've really never done. It's always been kind of punk or heavy stuff and i'm like fuck it i'm gonna take a chance and do something and go on a on a, on a super thin limb and i did that michael Monroe song having i've never done anything like that you know it's just like straight up rock and roll you know yeah you know that's so a good that's a good leeway to your very first song on the album yeah well the half the roll therapy out, half the album right turned out being straight up rock and roll and that rock and roll therapy is almost like richie ramon says this reminds me of Martha Hoople without the horns. And uh, Don Bowles from the Germs. Yeah, I was gonna... Donnie Bowles from the Germs goes, I'm going to do backups on this one because he said he heard something. I said, because he's a genius. I go, and Don Bowles from the Germs is hanging out in the studio. And I'm like, please do something with this song. You've got my blessing. So he goes in there and he pour, makes poor Paul go through like 20 or 30 takes of massive language <laughs> of these backup vocals. <laughs> And things like that. And then he'd do like rock and roll therapy. And then they even did rock and roll therapy. They did a whole take of whispers and like screaming and yelling. And then that mix that you hear is all of because of his crazy mind. Oh, it ended wow. up sounding like a, a church with a bunch of people singing in a gospel choir or something. You it was know? just him. It was him and uh, others too, but he built it. And then we had... Uh, who else sings on that? Rock and Roll Therapy. Jordan Longmere does a, additional yep. lead vocals on the second verse. That's yeah. Jordan Longmere. And that verse appears three times in the song. So he's doing lead vocals on part of it. And then we've got, um, God, Bill Meisner from Bloody Mess and the Scabs. It makes a rare appearance doing backup vocals on that one. And so did uh, and Tracy. Tracy did it. Yeah. From the Church of Rock and Latitude 42 radio shows. And she's been on tons of records. And then uh, Lydia Pawlowski, my old friend, uh, who's done a lot of records with uh, MDC, Millions of Dead Cops, and uh, done backing vocals on a lot of the records. So that was my question. Did Don Bowles do the drums? <laughs> you know, I can't thank Don Bowles enough. He came in and was kind enough to do it for, you know, a very, we worked out a little, uh, you know, situation to where Donnie's time is worth money because he's a, the dude's a genius and he's a friend of mine. So I said, look, we're going to be there. He's like, I'll be there, bloody. I'm like, cool. So I made sure to compensate Donnie when he got there. But I can never feel like I compensate him enough. So I just want to take this moment to give massive respect to Don Bowles for not only being a genius, but if you connect the dots in his life, there's not many people that have accomplished what that guy has. And when you put him in a studio, he can play any instrument, and he'll immediately think of a way to take that song and take it to a whole new level. So... Skies are Black, Rock and Roll Therapy, and Michael Monroe are the three songs that he took over on. And he turned those choruses into a right. separate part of the song to where it became, whoa, Skies are Black is like gothic now. It was just blues. It was just me on a chorus. And he goes, no, no, no. I think it's like a bluesy, psychedelic, uh, you know. That's another thing I'm like, good that for you, man. You go outside the box. You don't find the same shit over and over, you know. Thanks, man. Yeah, I wanted to go in there and do rock and roll and punk rock, but I wanted to throw in a, like a blues tune and maybe an experimental song with uh, My Religion is Love. That was a trippy tune. And so I wanted to have a little bit of something for everybody, I guess. For all of us weirdos. 
<laughs> so uh dark days who did the little introduction to that that is sammy town from the band Fat. Oh, legendary okay. sammy town and he actually is doing vocals on the whole song if you listen while i'm singing he's talking everything that i'm singing so when i'm saying you know you know uh I can't remember the words all of a sudden, but <laughs> dark days. He's going dark days, dark days. And this almost cryptic monotone all the way through the entire song under everything, except for maybe the first five, maybe the first two lines he's not on. Oh, but if you listen, to... you'll hear Sammy on the whole song. Oh, yeah, wow. he's awesome, man. So and did he come up with that beginning or is that something you wrote before? That intro that he read, that is from Revelations in the Bible. Oh, okay. And he picked that for that, and it was pretty – it made the hairs on my arm raise up because I know Sammy's history and life. I've known him for a long, long time since the 90s. We've been friends. I love the man. But the fact that he picked that was just so compelling and strange to me. I'm like, what's the deal? Why are you reading from Revelations, and why this passage? So I interviewed him on the radio a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him about that. So it's on the YouTube. Okay. I'll bet you're not going to tell us, huh? <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to make you go to YouTube so I can get the clicks, man. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> he basically picked it because it would, it fit. It just fit it, you know. Mm. He knew that he knows the Bible, apparently, but he knew that that would fit, and it really did. It has to do with, like, locusts and, like, uh, the lands being on fire and, like, you know, things going dry and, you know, everything being depleted of everything. And just it was scary lyrics, it kind of reflecting today's societal weirdness you know, they're trying to create a food shortage in a world in the usa right now you know that so be careful because that's what's going to happen next they're creating they're asking all the american farmers they're telling them uh, this hasn't gotten out to the mainstream press much but they're telling the american farmers to they have to burn 75 percent of their crops what and if they don't there's a certain sanction they get and if they do they get a payment so they have no choice, and they're and it's, they're giving them enough to stay alive and make a little money, but they're going to create a food shortage. They've been this has been going on for a bit now, and it started out with the inflation of the prices of food, but soon it's going to not just be a matter of economics. It's going to be a matter of where are you going to get it, because if it's not in stores, where will you get it? And they don't like my neighborhood is an HOA neighborhood. They don't let you. You can't even grow food here legally. They don't want really? you to. Wow. I'm saying they, they is a big word. That's the question of the day. I know. Who the fuck is they? That's a whole new, another meeting. But you guys both know as well as I do that there is a they, and it's not just an, an A. It's a they, and it's a big one. And there, there's going to be a food shortage. So I'm encouraging everyone, and I'm sober. Everyone needs to stock up on food and water and have enough for three to six months. I'm telling you. Wow. So, uh, uh, what's it like working with the guy from Sammy Town, man? Sam McBride, right? From the thing. It, it was uh, it was an honor, man. Yeah, he's uh, done so many great records, dude. He's had his songs been covered by Metallica, Nirvana, Mudhoney, Butthole Surfers, like all these big bands have realized, wow, Fang. And some of those early records and his newest one, oh my fucking God, it's an amazing album. The new Fang album is probably one of the best, but it's really intense. Um, but it's got a lot of uh, punk rock spectrum. It goes all over the place, paying kind of homage to all the all the good stuff, man, you know? So I've seen you posted uh, Old Flyer from a show you did years ago. And you said uh, it was with somebody that was on your Mother Under My Wheels song? I'm sorry, what was the one you questioned again? Oh, you, you posted a flyer from an old show you did. And you said you got to work with that person again okay. doing Mother Under My Wheels. Okay, yeah, that was posted by my friend Karen that I mentioned earlier on one of the groups. You're right. Lisa Leathers. Lisa yep. Leathers? Yeah, back in the day, Lisa Leathers had a band called Safe Sex. Amazing band. And they were just three-piece rock and roll band, right? And no offense to anyone. I just wanted to describe how the band was. I walk in a bar and there's a uh, Afri African-American gentleman playing bass guitar. There's a chick playing guitar and singing and another chick on drums and singing. And they're called Safe Sex. I'm like, huh, what are these guys like? Just amazing rock and roll. And they were so punk rock, they didn't even know they were punk rock. They were just, they were just punk rock. 
And so we ended up adapting them. They adopted us and they were like, who are these crazy fuckers? And that became like our bar. The drummer's dad owned the bar. So that became like the punk hangout. It was called the Sandbur Lounge. And we had tons of like the little CBGBs type punk shows there. Small but mighty, you know, packed in lots of people and had a lot of crazy drunk nights and safe sex. Lisa Leathers, A Mother Under My Wheel was a song they did for years. And when they did a cassette that was kind of famous in central Illinois. So we covered it a lot in the scabs. We covered it in the transfusions. And I thought, fuck, that'd be fun to record that song and put it on the album because it's so rock and roll and punk. So I called Lisa and she said, yeah, I'd love to. And you know what, man? It's the best version she's ever done. And she's released like four versions of that thing. You know, oh, wow. Black and Blue Records released on Mother and uh, the Music to Make Your Ears Hurt Volume 2. She's on that under the name Dishwater. And they did Mother, Mother Under My Wheel. And then she's released it with safe sex. But this version is absolutely takes the cake. Uh, uh, God, my fucking memory. Uh, Jeff Eaton is on guitar. Uh, man, blessings to Jeff Eaton. That guitar is just amazing. If you listen to the lead guitar on Mother Under My Wheel on my album, Jeff Eaton, man. Yeah. So the song is a classic. Lisa Leathers wrote it. And she penned a name, a different name because of they... Uh, make you do it. <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I right on that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, so uh, Chasing the Night. You know, that's a great song, man. Uh, so who did that? Uh, that was uh, Gordon again or, or Gordon Anthony? That was Gog. Right. Uh, and he goes by Gordon. So Anthony. he did all the music. Yeah, he, he did. did all the music, right? And uh, he's from the Holocaust, right? Holocaust. Yeah, Holo Holocaust is the band that's a famous Scottish metal band that wrote uh, in the small hours that Metallica covered later. And um, yeah, he did all the musician, all the guitars, bass, drums, keys, backing vocals. He mixed it, produced it, mastered it. All blessings to Gogs. I wish him the best. Um, yeah, I really loved Chasing the Night. I love it. Was my honor to, to do a cover of the Ramones. And that song we did in one take. And then we did one more for fun. And we went with the second take. Vocally. Right. There's no editing I whatsoever. See. No editing. Nothing. It was just like press a button, sing the song all the way through, stop. And that's what we did. That's how I do my songs. So that was like my wife asked me the other day, how the hell did you do that in one take? How do you have the oxygen? I go, I'm a hyper fuck. I don't know. But it, that's what we did. We pressed play and record and boom, did it. Do you practice at all? I do not, man. you practice the song? No. When I went to Scotland, I was so afraid. I was petrified when he said, come in and record these vocals. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. So what I did was I got we went to see Richie Ramone in Edinburgh. He was playing. And I had just opened up for him in Oregon two weeks prior. So I'm like, hey, Richie. And I had Pat McGlynn from the Bay City Rollers with me. And I had Gogs from Holocaust with me. And also Graham Williams, the uh, he's the merch guy for Sham 69 in England. We're all hanging out. And uh, I wanted to get everybody involved somehow because they're my friends, uh, at least at the time most of them were. Um, and so I got Richie to agree to be on this Ramon song with me. And I got Pat McGlynn from the Rollers. I'm like, I'm going to have a fucking Bay City Roller and a Ramon on our record together. And I get to be on it. <laughs> like music history here. Well, Richie had, great. Richie had jet lag. He was he was kind of ill, and uh, he's a good friend, by the way. I love Richie. And he called me in the next morning early. Uh, to his credit, he goes, "Bloody, I can't be there. I'm just, dude." And I'm like, "I know, I can hear it." He was ill. He's jet lag. He couldn't do it. He said, "Can I do my part later on via video, like you know, the internet?" I go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do it through technology later. Thanks." Well, then Pat McGlynn backs out for completely different reasons. The night we were going to do the recording that night, uh, Pat got pissed off about some stuff. I'll just leave that private. But I said, fuck it. I'm going to go do vocals then. And I'm not going to scrap this because Gordon Goggs had already done the music, was ready, you know? So I had Pat and I was in a, we were, I was pissed off, but whatever. And I had Pat give me a ride up there, God bless him, to Kirkenzie, uh, Scotland, to this called the Box Studio. Gordon got me in one take, dude. It took five minutes. He goes, he go, him and Pat look at each other, they go, I think he got in one take. They're like, I'm like, no, let me do one more, man, for fun. And I did. So the second take we used. And God bless Gogs for doing such a great job producing that fucking song. 
right, now I'd like to talk. I'd like to talk about my favorite song. Cause like I'm saying, musicians like to go outside the motherfucking box, and the my religion is love. That wow. is a fucking a whacked out song, man, and wow. I I love it. Thank that's, you. Man. That's my favorite. That's my favorite song, and that shit that shit blows wow. me away, man. That is awesome. You know that song. So, like, tell me about that one. Okay, first of all, there you I'm go. <laughs> <laughs> give me some work well the booklet when it comes out the cd comes out it has all the lyrics for one so that'll be the first thing i'm also in the process of talking to my youtube partner about getting the lyrics put on my song on youtube so when you go there you can go to the description area and the lyrics will be right there uh but i wanted to do something different so i'll be totally honest with you about eight months ago i sat down and i never tried ketamine before the drug ketamine <laughs> And so I decided I'm going to try some ketamine because I heard it makes you feel really good. And I thought maybe it would be something inspiring to do for one lyric writing. And I was I worked on this record for a year and two months, man, lyrically, literally. I've never spent more than a week doing that to end an album. It was always like, bam, bam. So there was all these collaborations coming in slowly. And then Dave Moe sends me this song. I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I love this. And it was uh, that song, This Religion is Love. But I, it had no title. It was just this music. And I'm like. This is brilliant. It almost has an Eastern uh, spiritual vibe to it or something mystical. And so I don't know if you heard that or not, but I did. And I thought, I'm going to write about some spiritual trip. Or and I'm like, hey, man, my religion is love. I've heard some of the gurus say that. And I love that because it re you know, reduces everything down to just, can we just be good people and not have any dogma and beliefs? Who gives a fuck what we believe? All these things divide us. You know, beliefs cause division. So I thought... I did some ketamine and sure enough, it came to me, bro. I'm like, my religion is love. I'll use that as the title. And then I started riffing. And my wife is reading these books about Albert, Albert Einstein. And like, I'm, I have this numerology book I'm reading. And she's reading a Tesla. book about Tesla, a book about Tesla. And she's, as she's reading it out loud, I'm writing like a madman about all this metaphysical stuff and physical, you know, this physician, you know, Tesla and, and quantum physics and Einstein and, and I also I'm reading numerology books on the side. So I'm really tripping on the ketamine and this stuff's wonderful, right? And I'm like, woohoo. And I'm like, Einstein wanted God's thoughts. The voice <laughs> of the people is the voice of God, you know, things like this. And it just started coming out of me, man. And it was like, this is meant to be. So for you to say that's your favorite song on that record means a lot to me, man, because it means a lot. I love that song. <laughs> that shit, that blew me away, man. It's like a funk, uh, uh yeah like a spiritual masterpiece or something like i don't know it's a little it's got some punk in there too though you know what i mean it's you wild know, man it's zapped, it's zapped out <laughs> dave mo man dave mo did all the music uh, he's a genius he really is uh and gary floyd from the dicks i sent it to gary because he's a very spiritual man and gary sent me a message back saying this should be sung in all churches <laughs> uh. absolutely I love Gary Floyd. So uh, I want to touch on, uh, we're running out of time here. So leaving the party. Oh, Are you, are you saying uh, this might be your last thing? Is that what you're well, saying? That, that's about leaving the party of drugs and alcohol. Oh, There's okay. The path of drugs and alcohol. And the only way to leave the party is to leave the party. Oh, okay. So if you want to, you know, if you hang out in a barber shop long enough, you're bound to get a haircut eventually kind of thing. <laughs> So yeah. you leave that barbershop, you're not going to have a chance of getting a haircut. <laughs> so, I mean, you still could. But you know what I'm saying. The analogy is hopefully understood. But it's about the battle of people that are suffering with addiction. It's not anti-drugs or alcohol at all. It's about, uh, i got to leave the party, man. If I don't leave the party, the party's going to consume me. And it's about the battle of addiction and how I beat it. And how I'm glad, but I had to leave the party. And I'm, you know, and that literally does mean leaving the party. Because when you quit drinking or socializing like that, you guys probably know. When you stop doing that at some point in life, the invites stop coming in eventually. Because you're no fun because you're the only sober guy. And they're all drinking. And I love drinking. God. But I just can't, man. You know, I don't like going to jail. I don't like having to call people the next day and say, I'm so sorry for what I said and did to you. You know, but um. <laughs> So you know what I mean, but it is you. You've touched upon something there. I don't plan on doing any other full-length albums, so that you you kind of open the door to that. I mean, I don't even have a band, so 
if I do it, it would be because I decided I really wanted to. And if I do, it would be more collaborations like this album. Um, but Leaving the Party is the great Jim, Jim Neversink is called the South African Johnny Cash. He's a very famous musician in South Africa, Jim Neversink. He's been in a lot of bands that were like, like number one bands and stuff. And he lives in Copenhagen, Denmark. And he sent me that song, the music, with mm -hmm. lyrics and a different title. And then I simply took the same melody line and wrote my own words that fit his words and made my own title and lyrics. Okay. Nothing against his lyrics, but it was, his was like an, uh, kind of a mockery of the Christianity and stuff from organized religion. And it, it, was, it was, oh, what a joyous day. And I turned into, I'm leaving the party instead of uh, uh, our joyous day. Okay. All right. So did we touch up on a uh, Zeller Dweller? <laughs> well, that's about an old mental hospital that used to be in the hometown. I used to be from in Peoria, Illinois, and everyone there knew about Zeller Zone Mental Institution. And uh, it was a very famous place. And it was there was one in Bartonville, Illinois, that was a huge institution. It was there since the 1800s, I think. Uh, so it's all about people that were maybe have been institutionalized in that place. And it's called Zeller Dweller. And so the people that are from there totally would get it, you know. And uh, the creepy little town. Creepy little town is a town that could be about any town. Uh, it's not necessarily about my town. But there was one day in the town I live in where I said something like God, this creepy little town. And it did. I didn't mean it on a like on a blank, like a blanket statement, like the whole town's creepy or that it's a creepy town overall. Just in that day, there was a lot of things happening and I was like, what a creepy town. And then I thought, <laughs> that's a great song uh, title. And that's where it started. So the rest of it's just fiction, kind of just, I kind of just ripped off a town being weird. Okay. And there's a few lines that might represent this town, but it's not just about my town or anything. And that's Dave yeah. Moe, Dave Moe on all the music again on that one. So I guess the only one we didn't talk about is Get Leary. Oh, Get Leary, the great, uh, here's the deal. Uh, Get Leary and Zeller Dweller, they were written and played by Austin Weiss, played drums and guitar, and his uh, partner, Ren, she played bass. And they wrote those songs and sent them to me, and I was like, whoa, thunderous, I love these. So I wrote Zeller Dweller rather quickly with the, the faster one, and then the Get Leary is my favorite song on the album. Uh, that was my, I was kind of trying to do something sort of neo-plasmatics, weird, Wendy O. Williams screaming, a little apocalyptic weirdness. And if you listen to it, it's talking about dew lasers and like stuff being on fire. And it's about what's going on in our world today. So when I hear Get Leary, it's to me, a, it's a good source of release because it gets some angst out. And I love the title. My daughter, one of my daughters, Jessica, she said one day she was talking in some context. She goes, Get Leary, because there was some... Um, you know, like a link to a, a place that had a lot of rumors and, you know, fake information kind of play thing. She goes, be careful what you're reading kind of thing. She says, so get leery. And I go, oh my God, that's a great title. So for like three months, I kept thinking about it because I have OCD apparently. But um, I'm like, get leery. I'm like, get leery. And I'm like, that's a good, good title. So they, I just decided to call it that. And that song was largely uh, improvised. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we're at the two minute mark. So Is there anything you want to touch base on that we didn't? Uh, well, I'd like to talk about this. Let's talk about the Screaming Blues uh, EP that you put out in uh, October. Thank you. And uh, so you had, yeah, yeah I like Die Bar Superstar, man. That's a, that's a great song, dude. Yeah, I've got to say props to the Megasonics, man. Kevin Gray, Dave Glover, and the boys, uh, John Masaglia. Thanks to uh, Mark Robinson from Punk Media. He's the one that released that EP. But it's got a live track of us doing the Doors Roadhouse Blues with the Megasonics. It's got me doing uh, Die Bar Superstar live with the Megasonics. It's got the, the Bloody Mess Rock Circus doing live Hungover and Stoned. It's got uh, No Fun, a studio version by the, Me and the Veins. It's an Iggy Pop cover from the Stooges. Uh, it's got uh, Zilla Dwellers on there, which, which is on the new album, uh, Dark Days Unfazed, which you can hit me up on Facebook to get that album. CD will be out by Christmas. I, I only made a few hundred of them, man, and they're already half pre-sold. Uh, it's on all music streaming platforms under Bloody F Mess, Screaming the Blues, or Bloody F Mess, Dark Days Unfazed. Thanks again to Punk Media and Fanatic Records. Thanks to you guys and to anyone that cares about my music and shows the, lo the love, man. Absolutely. Hey, Moody, man, we fucking love having you. Reverend Moody. Hey, by the way, did you marry anybody? Anybody else this year or anything? 
you know, I haven't done a wedding in a while, but I'd like to do one. So if anyone wants to do a live on-air wedding on my radio show, it's an open invitation. Hit me up. We'll do it live on the Church of Rock radio show. And we'll hype it up and make it awesome and put it on YouTube and whatever. We don't even want the rights to it. We'll do it for fun.
Sleep. I piss myself off and make myself mad. There's a piece of mind that.